Welcome, Oracle fans, to the Oracle Report, a weekly podcast about Delphi Community High School Athletics. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni. This is our fifth episode, recording on the evening of Tuesday, September 7th. So this week's going to be a little bit off with all of the results and everything because of Labor Day. Uh, I hope you uh, uh, are okay with that. But let's start this week like we'll start every week with our outstanding Oracle performance of the week. And this week, it is the uh, co-ed soccer team picking up their first win, 5-3 to three over Taylor in a back-and-forth effort uh, that, that saw multiple swings and who had the lead and uh, a great performance from McGuire uh, Thompson who you'll hear about later on and just an outstanding uh, win for the co-ed soccer team. This week uh, in Oracle Athletic News, if you get a chance, go out to uh, the country club and there's a new cross-country course uh, where the middle school and the varsity teams will be performing this year at their home meets. That's at the Carroll Country Club uh, and that uh, good uh, luck to our cross-country team as they break in their new uh, course. Uh, football, the Oracles lost uh, to uh, Eastern Comets 28-14. to uh, on Friday, a hard-fought game uh, that, that saw uh, a very talented Eastern team come to uh, Birdo Field, and, and the Oracles hung tough, but were not able to uh, come out victorious on uh, their game on Friday. The volleyball team uh, lost uh, three matches uh, this week. They lost Tuesday to Frontier uh, in three uh, sets, even though they were tough uh, games, including a first-set um, Lost 25-23, uh, lost to the Eastern Comets on Tuesday uh, in four sets and lost to Rossville on Thursday in three sets. Their record currently now is 4-6. and six. The cross-country team competed in a nine-team race for the annual 421 Invitational at West Central. The girls placed third with Taylor Martin finishing in 16th place with a time of 26-34. The boys team was led by senior Colin Dullen with a time of 21-41. In girls golf Monday, uh, the Oracle shot their best team score with the 228, but fell six shorts, six strokes short of the win to Seeger's 223. Elise Perry led the team again with the 49. Grace O'Neill with three pars, carded a 50. Edie Brusto 62. Emily Mears and Marine Proto each shot a 67. Tennis had the the week off. Uh, the co-ed soccer team had a couple of losses before their big win, 9-1 to uh, Benton Central and uh, to the number three ranked team, North White, 9-0 as well last week. But they did, as we said, in the performance of the week, picked up their first victory, 5-3. Congratulations. It was a tough uh, game on Saturday. There was a, a, a drizzling uh, uh, rain, uh, and the momentum went back and forth. Uh, uh, Elijah Ladd scored a goal. McGuire Thompson uh, uh, scored several times and uh a good job in goal um with 16 saves for for delphi and so uh, the middle school football team uh, lost a heartbreaker earlier uh, last week 20 to 18 would like to add that the jv girls volleyball team won three matches last week congratulations ladies keep up the good work and that's it for our weekly sports report that was reported uh, Tuesday morning by the time uh, we wrote the script. It is now time for our student athlete of the week. Each week we will share an Oracle athlete that represents uh, our school and community well by displaying great work ethic and outstanding attitude. This uh, week, uh, the student athlete of the week is Junior McGuire Thompson, a member of the uh, soccer team. And as we mentioned, had a big 
role in the first victory for the team, uh, playing outstanding uh, offense in scoring uh, several goals and also a big second half on defense to ensure the win. McGuire is a great uh, student here at Delphi Community Schools, member of the Parnassus, and uh, congratulations, McGuire, on being named Student Athlete of the Week. Okay, here is uh, the schedule. Uh, we are taping this on Tuesday night, and on Tuesday night, the the uh, varsity middle school cross country um, held that Oracle at the new course at Carroll County Country Club. Uh, the tennis team took on Twin Lakes uh, and uh, JV football team traveled or was here against uh, Eastern and uh, the volleyball uh, played uh, Carroll. That was tonight as we were recording this. We'll have the results in next week's show. Uh, Wednesday the 8th when this uh, show probably will come out you have girls golf uh, playing Clinton Central and South Newton at the Carroll County Country Club um, 7 8th seven, eighth grade volleyball uh, is at Carroll uh, and Thursday boys tennis uh, against at McConaughey uh, soccer is also at McConaughey on Thursday and uh, volleyball uh, will be at Tri-County Thursday. Friday night, the football team will travel to Sheridan to play the Sheridan Blackhawks. And on Saturday, uh, the boys' tennis team is in a, a tournament at Lebanon. Uh, the girls' volleyball is also in a three-way uh, match uh, against Northwestern, Oak Hill, and Tri-Central. That'll be held at Oak Hill uh, Saturday morning. Uh, middle school, varsity, cross-country are also competing. The middle school is at the Rensselaer Invitational, and the varsity uh, teams are uh, at a Benton Central Stampede, the Bison Stampede. Also, uh, soccer will uh, play at Tri-Central on Saturday. Middle school will be at Caston on Saturday. And the girls golf have the Hoosier Heartland Conference Saturday. Looks like a full slate for our student athletes. This week uh, in our Coach's Corner segment, we have head football coach Jacob Merchkevich. Each week we'll have Coach M on the show. And we'll also bring other fall coaches on as well throughout the fall season. Enjoy the interview. I'm here with Coach Merchkevich of uh, the Delphi, Delphi Oracle football team. Coach, uh, three weeks in, you, you had a tough uh, matchup uh, Friday night against Eastern, losing 28-14 to 14, uh, against, against Eastern. Um, where, where do you see uh, – where do you feel you're at? Uh, and there, there had to be some progression because you talked last week about making some changes and some toughness, and you were able to put the ball in the end zone a couple times. And, and I know the ultimate goal is always to win, uh, but, but in defeat sometimes there can be some progress. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, where you see the team after uh, last Friday. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me again, Brian. I look forward to doing this every week with you to promote Oracle football. Uh, like you said, uh, Eastern this week, a tough opponent. Um, you know, they, they're the last couple of years, they've just been blessed with these big natural athletes. And, uh, you know, we've played them pretty tight the last three years. Uh, and I don't think that last Friday is an exception to that either. Uh, but at certain times you, you feel like, you know, you're sometimes you're just outgunned or outmanned and, I'm proud of my guys because they came out swinging like we asked them to do every single week, uh, regardless of the opponent. And um, it, going into the going into halftime, my staff and I felt really good. Uh, it was 14-7. Uh, we did not come out and play the brand of defense that we had grown accustomed to the, the first two weeks, uh, for whatever reason that may be, maybe hangover from week two, uh, tough to say. But we, we got punched in the mouth a little bit and uh, we had a, got the ball back about four and a half minutes before halftime and started together a nice uh, nice drive down the field and was able to punch it in off the one-yard line from a 
sophomore Javon Frost, his first ever varsity touchdown. So that was cool. And then, you know, we um, placed a really good pop-up kick for Cade Nelson, pin him down, pin him down inside the 25-yard line, um, the ensuing kickoff, and stuff him on first down, and they kneeled that in the half. So we really felt like we had the momentum going, um, going into halftime, and we just weren't able to capitalize on um, opportunities to make plays in the second half. I remember in one series in particular, um, we forced a fumble about our own 35-yard line or so, and you know we had several guys around the ball, but we just weren't able to weren't able to uh, you know flip flip the possession arrow there. But again, that's been the that's been one of the major focal points this week as we prepare prepare for Sheridan uh, week four is, you know, just making plays when those plays present, those opportunities present themselves. I know we talked about that after, after the Carroll game as well. We had several opportunities to convert um, first downs, keep drives alive and to, you know, flip, flip the field in terms of um, you know, creating turnovers defensively. But, you know, we, we haven't been able to, to capitalize on those opportunities yet. So that's something we're really looking forward to our kids kind of rising to the occasion and accepting that challenge and, being a little bit more opportunistic in terms of capitalizing on those opportunities. Um, I know we're talking about Sheridan here in a little bit, but we know that we know the brand, the brand of football they want to play. Uh, Bud Wright's been doing that for literally uh, twice as long as I've been alive. So uh, we, we, we know exactly how the game's going to go and what they're going to do. And it's just a matter of, like I said earlier, making sure that when we have the opportunities to, you know, to change the game in some way that we do, you know, capitalize on them. You talked last week about making some changes up front with the offensive line. Did that make a difference a little bit, make a progress? And I know you always got more reps and more reps and building towards the tournament time, but how did you feel that that unit played in their first week in that alignment together? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm happy with their progress. Uh, it wasn't perfect by any means. We're going against a really good defensive front um, in Eastern last week. and. You know, they started keying on a couple of tendency of tendencies of ours and bringing some heavy pressure that made it difficult to um, to manufacture some ground game at, at, at times. But that's to be expected when you pare down the the playbook a little bit. And I think that it was a necessary uh, it was a necessary decision that we had to make there to kind of not water down the game plan, but to kind of streamline it, make sure that we can you know, lean on our bread and butter concepts and run those well. And we did for the most part. Uh, Tristan Isley's first ever 100-yard uh, rushing performance in a high school game. Uh, and that was cool to see him break that threshold. But he did it just running the same concepts that, you know, we install day one in the spring and throughout the summer. And, you know, we probably got away from our identity a little bit. Um, and that's that's on me 100%. Uh, so we're looking to um, continue that trend moving forward. And I never expected that unit to be perfect, you know, with their that – is it, the offensive line is unlike any other unit on the field, in my opinion, where they it takes really five guys being able to communicate with each other very well uh, to, to process information uh, in a very, very quick fashion. Everyone thinks that the quarterback is the main processor on the offense, but especially in a run-heavy scheme like what we run, um, the offensive line has got to um, diagnose the front, diagnose the leverage, and, you know, make sure that they are playing with the proper technique that we teach them throughout the week, throughout the year even. Um, on any given call because there are certain checks that go into attacking uh, whatever front we get. So those guys will get there and uh, they've already made positive strides from last Friday to now. Uh, we've only had two limited, limited practices with the Labor Day week, um, kind of uh, changing our plans a little bit, but 
um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how that group gels together. And I think that we found our, found our starting five moving forward. You've, uh, I overheard you talking today about um, you have some youth. And as a coach, how, how do you uh, get the, the young players, the, the freshmen, the sophomores, the first-time varsity players uh, acclimated to that varsity level play, whether they're on offense or defense, and then the mental side of it too. Um, uh, when, when a youngster makes a mistake, uh, I, I think you have the right mentality in, in, in moving young people forward and understanding that you're putting them in certain roles. And, and I heard you talking about that today in the, the comments. I just thought that was a, a, a really awesome way uh, to approach coaching young kids. But you have a lot of young kids that are talented and they're just getting their feet wet uh, on the varsity level that the experience is going to pay off maybe later down the road this year even, but uh, in years to come, those young guys are going to be the cornerstone uh, of the program. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as coaches, um, even if we don't, even if we don't work in the building during the day, we're all teachers, you know, and we're, we're trying to develop, you know, uh, sound, tough, gritty football players, but we're also trying to develop, you know, strong-willed young men who can take coaching and can take constructive criticism and continue to, you know, improve themselves past whatever, you know, former version of themselves that they, you know, started at. So, like I said, we've got a lot of young guys who had a lot of freshmen even who have been forced into Friday action, not necessarily the way we planned it, but, you know, you know what they say about the best laid plans. So, yeah. um, so the guys like Joshua Hartley and Walker Jones and Caleb Gottschall, who's played literally every single defensive rep at corner uh, in Friday action this year, uh, they're going to be absolute studs um, eventually. And they're making mistakes right now, but that's what you expect out of freshmen who are playing against upperclassmen from different schools. So, uh, and, you know, I'm, am I enthused that we had to force those freshmen into Friday action? No, that's not ideal. But at the same time, like you said, it's going to pay off in the end. And we wouldn't put those kids in those positions if we didn't think that they could succeed in those positions. Um, they're going to make mistakes and uh, we're going to get them corrected. And we're not, and some, some, some of us on staff have to make sure we remind ourselves, like, don't scream at the freshmen. You know, they're getting it. They're getting it and they, they'll get there eventually. Um, like, for instance, uh, I'll shout out uh, Walker Jones, who's a, a freshman this year. He uh, started a corner for us this, this week against Eastern. He had been playing corner for pretty much a day and a half, you know. Uh, and he got forced into action. He did fine. He gave up a, a touchdown in the first quarter. Um, but again, we told him, like, you know what, man? It, it, not even just next year, but in the future weeks going down the road here, we know that you're not going to make that mistake again because, one, we know what type, type of kids we have, and, two, we know what kind of leaders we have in the program. We're, we're not just trying to tear kids down for making mistakes. We're trying to educate them about the game of football and about resilience and about determination and about how to correct those mistakes so that we can be successful in the future. And I think our kids understand it. I think our kids respect it. And uh, so Walker Jones is going to be, he's going to be a great corner this year for us. Uh, Caleb Gottschall, like I said, he's been, he's been an absolute stud. Uh, Josh Hartley's coming back this week. He missed last week due to injury, but he's going to be, you know, focusing on the offensive side of the ball. And he's an electric athlete with the ball in his hands and, uh, given the, the heavy box and the cover zero look, we anticipate getting from Sheridan. Uh, we think that he's going to be able to get in some open space and make a little bit of noise for us. So I, I'm really, I'm really happy with our young guys. Um, there are other freshmen I can shout out to who are still kind of cutting their teeth at the, at the JV level. 
which is where we want to have all of our right. freshmen in an ideal right. situation, you know, to, to learn the ethics of the program and to, uh, you know, to develop into the Friday players that we need them to be later in their careers. But like guys like Keegan Watts, who's my JV quarterback right now, it's just, he's, he's a great leader. You know, his stats don't look great, um, but that's not the point of JV football. The point of JV football is to, to learn how you fit within the program because it's bigger than any, any one guy, you know? Um, so, I mean, I cannot say any, you know, I, I can't have anything bad to say about guys like Watts, Gottschall, Hartley, Jones, um, even sophomores who have seen some Friday action here and there, like Gasser and Little and Pick. Uh, I think those guys are, those guys had, had were forced into some Friday action probably a little bit before they were ready for it. Um, but, you know, they, they understand that one of the major ethics of the program is to always keep swinging. You know, we say ad nauseum all the time. And I know those guys are going to take whatever lumps they have, you know, received this year and we're going to build off it. So you head into a, a game at Sheridan uh, on the road. Sheridan is a traditional powerhouse. They haven't been as as strong as they have in, in those championship uh, days, but they're coached by a, a legend in, in Bud Wright. That's where uh, Mrs. Tonsoni and I met um, when she was uh, teaching and coaching uh, down there at Sheridan. So that has a special, special place in our heart, except for Friday night when we want the Oracles uh, to come out victorious. But um, one, explain a little bit about what you're going to see on the field from Sheridan. And then also, how, how does being on the road different than being at home? And, and is there anything that you do um, – specifically to get your kids ready for those bus trips uh, on road games? Yeah, for sure. So I'll start with uh, what we expect to see on the field. Um, like Bud Wright is, is, you know, he's a great coach in the NFL Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he's been, like I said, he's been doing it for, this is 57th year, I think. And uh, I am 28 years old. So he's been doing this for twice as long as I've been, you know, on earth. But uh, we, we were close to taking him down back in 19. We lost 35-36 to him. Uh, were able to get in a position on a real long last second field goal that just came up short. Um, that was a, a tough game for us when we're looking and we have several sophomores who are now seniors on that team who are kind of looking for a little bit of revenge from that night. Uh, we, we know what we're going to get because um, Bud Wright's been doing the same thing for so many years uh, and successfully, I might add. Um, we're definitely not cocky going into this game and we know I told my kids today that uh, as much as any other week, this is as close to a a must-win game for us that you know we've seen this year. Uh, we we've been preaching ever since Friday night that the the one the one goal that everything we do is in service of right now is six in a row. Uh, we lost two games uh, consecutively last year, uh, week three and week four, Eastern and North Montgomery, and uh, we rebounded and rattled off five straight going to the sectional, and that's the kind of momentum that we want to build this year, especially since we have you know only conference opponents left on the schedule. So. You know, our kids, not my kids get it, and they're excited for it. Uh, they know that we're going to get a heavy box, eight, nine guy box, cover zero. So, man coverage across the board, safety help in the middle of the field. So, they're going to, they know that we want to run the ball. We want to run our gap schemes. You know, we run a buck, we want to run down, we want to travel, we want to run power. Um, they're going to try to take that away, which, you know, any good defense does. Same thing for us because they want to run. A lot of uh, similar concepts, similar sets on their offense. They want to go four, five, six yards in a cloud of dust and keep our offense off the field. And um, they're going to put us in a position where we're going to have to put the ball in the air a little bit. Um, I think that we're uh, we're in a better place with our protection with the um, personnel changes we've made on the offensive line. Uh, I think 
think Cade Nelson, a quarterback, is, you know, he's seen a little bit more um, in terms of, you know, defensive structures than what he saw last year when he had to start weeks one and two. So I think he's he's going to hopefully um, get out of that kind of funk he was in earlier in the year and kind of uh, be able to diagnose things a little bit cleaner. Because against the cover zero look, we're going to see the, his reads are going to be very well defined. Um, he's going to be able to he's going to be able to get the ball out of his hands very quickly, um, kind of repurposing our offense. Uh, it's always been very play action heavy, uh, but we're going to institute a little bit more of a you know larger focus on our quick game catch rhythm drop ball out uh, so hopefully that's going to allow us to work the edges a little bit kind of soften up that box and allow us to uh, allow us to manufacture some ground yards um, when we get into the red zone so we know what we're going to get uh, and again our kids are excited about it because it's going to be downhill heavy box big boy football and that's what my guys like to play so hopefully um we're going to be ready for it. Uh, they know they know the expectation. All the guys who were in her starting this year, for the most part, were part of that um, team last year that rattled off five in a row to go seven and two. And uh, they, I know that they want that same level of success that they've grown accustomed to uh, here at Delphi football. So I have nothing but confidence in them. I have nothing but confidence in my staff. And uh, we all want to we all want to take all coach right down a peg this week. Sounds good, Coach. Uh, we appreciate you uh, for joining us here on Coach's Corner. We know you're building something special, uh, and we hope you get a W on the road at Sheridan this Friday. Thanks, Happy Brian. Go Oracles. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Oracle Report. Come out and support our student athletes and coaches this and every week. Thanks to Athletic Director Chip Dale and Sue Hartman, our Athletic Executive Assistant, for all the work they do behind the scenes. Thanks to the parents for all they do for our athletes, and thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in and rooting for the Oracles. We will be back next week. Until then, keep your Oracle pride revved up, and always remember, it's a great day to be an Oracle.